This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday, the 12th of August. In your Squiz today, a time frame for New South Wales. The Taliban gains ground. Bitcoin heats up. And karaoke cleans up. This is your Squiz today. With daily case numbers in New South Wales at 344 yesterday, it seems fairly likely that the current end date for lockdown, August 28, could be extended. There's been a lot of talk of 70% and 80% vaccination levels as being the key to freedom. And yesterday, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian gave a timeframe for when those key numbers should be reached, Claire. Yeah, and that's exactly what people in Sydney and surrounding areas and now quite a few other areas that have been locked down have been hoping to hear. Uh, New South Wales should get to 70% of its eligible population vaccinated by the end of October and 80% towards the end of November, Berejiklian said yesterday. Uh, That, of course, is what the Doherty Institute modelling and the federal government has said uh, as when restrictions should be able to ease. Uh, At this point, it's just New South Wales that's staring down the scenario where vaccinations will need to lift uh, to those sorts of levels before lockdowns can end. Uh, In other states, they're seeing far fewer new daily cases and they're hoping still to drive those cases into the ground uh, to get to zero so that they can open up as soon as possible. Yeah, that those snap lockdowns will keep Delta in check. Having a quick look around the grounds at those snap lockdowns, Melbourne's will be extended for another seven days. And Dubbo in New South Wales, Central West and eight other communities in that region will also go into a snap lockdown. That was announced yesterday. Even though we're working towards those vaccination thresholds, the Delta strain really has changed the game, Claire, and that's being seen both in the UK, where they're at 75% of the population having received both doses of their vaccine, and in the US. It's estimated there that nearly 94% of all new cases in the US are the Delta variant. Yeah, and that's causing experts to give government new advice because they're now just getting a grip on what Delta is doing. What Professor Sir Andrew Pollard told the UK Parliament this week is that herd immunity is now impossible. Uh, That's because, say, you're infected for measles. You don't get measles, and when you get to sort of rates of vaccination of 95%, you're not actually circulating that virus around. But with this Delta strain, even immunised people can still catch coronavirus uh, and that means they can pass it on to unvaccinated people. So that's a real change when it comes to immunologists and epidemiologists and others looking about how we actually get out of this pandemic. Yeah, sobering to think that we're four months away from 2022 and Delta is causing such a re-evaluation, as you say, of how we're going to get out of this pandemic. Looking overseas now, and the Taliban continues to gain ground in Afghanistan, Claire, in the wake of US and coalition troops leaving the country. And though it's being said that the capital, Kabul, could fall within months, if not weeks, US President Joe Biden won't be swayed on the decision to remove the US troops. After 20 years and a trillion dollars, he's urging Afghan leaders to come together to fight for their nation. 
Yeah, so the US total withdrawal is due at the end of this month and what he said yesterday is that Afghans have got to fight for themselves. That's exactly what Afghanistan's President Afrash Ghani is urging locals to do. He's now having to deal with regional warlords who he has been offside with for many years and he's also appealing to civilians to rally together to fight off the Islamist militants of the Taliban. Uh, A couple of numbers to know. The Taliban now has control of 65% of Afghanistan. And as you say, there's reports that US intelligence now believe that the capital, Kabul, could fall to the Taliban within three months. And that really is quite a stunning thing when it comes to that country's future. The UN estimates that more than a thousand civilians have been killed and hundreds of thousands have fled their homes due to the current fighting. The wild ride of Bitcoin continues, Claire. It's on the up at the moment, sitting at around US $46,000. That's a 50% jump from its recent slump to $20,000. It's the scrutiny of regulators that is giving the cryptocurrency a new air of legitimacy. You would think that regulators cracking down on a product that you've invested in uh, would be an issue that might drive Mm. the price down. But because there's been so much speculation around cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and how exactly it all works and whether it's safe, uh, what the market seems to be taking a view on is that that's a good thing because it might make it even more secure. Uh, There's certainly a lot of buzz around Bitcoin still. We'll see what Elon Musk has to say about (laughs) it. He's a bit of a mover and shaker when it comes to the price of Bitcoin, whether he's for it uh, or putting question marks over it, which he's done a few times Mm. this year. Uh, But certainly there's some who think that the valuation of Bitcoin could get as high as $100,000 by the end of this year. And if you're still at the stage of asking what is a Bitcoin, we've got you covered there. We go through the basics in a Squiz Shortcut episode, so I'll pop a link to that one in your episode notes. In sports news now, and football legend Lionel Messi has confirmed that he'll be leaving Barcelona FC after 21 years. It's a huge gain for his new team, Paris Saint-Germain, Claire. It's a really big story when it comes to the world of sport. Uh, Messi is the second highest paid athlete in the world. That certainly was where he landed on his last contract with Barcelona. But they can't pay that price anymore. They can't afford him. The club is quite Mm. debt-ridden, probably because they were paying him around $220 million a season. So certainly would have contributed to it perhaps. (laughs) Um, But he has been at that club. Since he was 13 years old, he's an Argentinian. He moved to Spain to play for that club when he was talent spotted and he came up through the ranks to be really one of the biggest deals uh, in soccer in the world. Uh, Moving to that club has been seen as quite a thing for soccer fans in France. Uh, They'll be really keeping a close eye on his debut this weekend. It's speculated that he'll be paid Australian $101 million a season there, so still on a pretty pay packet. As you say, fans are wildly excited. He received an absolute hero's welcome, a motorcade, fans lining the street, the whole works. It's a bad time to own a karaoke bar in China. New rules have banned songs that contain illegal content. So any songs that reference illegal behavior like gambling or drugs. The onus is on the owners of karaoke bars to get their song offerings set to healthy and uplifting music only. 
Yeah, what reports say is that there are a number of songs in China that will now be banned. Uh, They trumpet obscenity, violence, crime. They harm social morality, the government Mm. says. Uh, There's one song in particular called Fart, (laughs) which has been blacklisted. Apparently, it talks about people in the world who like farting while doing nothing. (laughs) That is really corrupting, the government says. Uh, So it has been um, receiving quite a a widespread of coverage this morning. Uh, there are plenty of songs, as you can imagine, that will fall into that list and that now falls to those who run those venues to audit their music libraries. No more Kenny Rogers. Such a classic. No Gambler. Yeah. No, that's off the list. And I'm betting a fair few, uh, a fair few rappers as well getting the boot. <laughs> And in case you were wondering, Claire, there is a right way and a wrong way to tickle a rat. Scientists say so. I hadn't been wondering about that, but um, now we know. And why researchers are tickling rats is that these rats are in research labs. Uh, This is happening in Canberra. And what those scientists have worked out, that if the rats are happy, they actually get better research outcomes. And that means better outcomes for us as patients uh, and anyone who benefits from from that sort of research. So there you go. It's apparently more a science than an art, according to a certified rat tickler. And yes, there is a course for that if you're tossing up career options today. (laughs) Squiz the day, Claire, what are you looking at? It's the 170th anniversary of the Singer sewing machine. My mum certainly had one of those. I used to think that I'd like to start sewing, but I've got a bit busy since then. Maybe that's something for down the track. (laughs) Well, we could be in lockdown for a little while yet, so uh, (laughs) you might have to pull it out. (laughs) It was also on this day back in 1981 that IBM built the first PC, the first personal computer something that I think a whole lot more of us use a bit more than sewing machines these days. Yeah, quite quite probably right. That's all from us today. Have a good one and we will be back with you tomorrow. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.